listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey everyone, welcome back to She Rises. We have another amazing guest today with a topic that, again, is one of my favorites, and that's relationships. Ladies, I am really, really excited for today's uh, guest. I have been affectionately cyber-stalking him for many years now, <laughs> and uh, we've been Facebook friends for a while, and we've you know, spoken back and forth uh, in chats, and I was so excited when he agreed to bring his wisdom and his light and his knowledge to the show today for for you and for me you know this topic like I said is near and dear to my heart and I think it's so important uh, to explore the nuances of it so again I'm so excited to have him on this show Bernardo Mendez is a relationship and dating expert with over 21 years of experience he's been mentored by Anthony Robbins and certified as a strategic intervention life coach Bernardo helps women overcome emotional challenges and find commitment-minded men in record time. His work has been featured on Redbook, CNN Money, NBC, CBS, Huffington Post, Yahoo, Shine, Mind Body Green, and Blog Talk Radios, just to name a few. He is a regular relationship advice contributor to Univision TV's morning show, Despierta Austin, and over 7 million views of his work and 54,000 subscribers are present on his YouTube channel, which now reaches over 300,000 women each month. He's also the founder and host of Your Great Life TV, which is excellent. Go ahead and check that out once you've done the interview. I'm so, so pleased to have him on the show. Again, honored that he is here with us today. We're going to dive into lots of different topics from masculine and feminine polarity to, you know, why it is that you're maybe not finding the man that you want to find and all sorts of other sort of conundrums and challenges that we as women confront or face in our search for finding fulfilling love, whether it's in a relationship that we already have or fulfillment uh, with a new relationship. So again, I'm so excited to have him here. Hey, listen, drop by SheRisesPodcast.com after the show where you'll be able to leave comments and uh, ask questions of Bernardo once the show is up. Thanks so much for being here, and I can't wait to dive in. Hello, Bernardo. Or do you prefer Bern? I know your friends call you Bern. Either way is fine. I think most people cannot pronounce Bernardo, so that's why I say Bern, but it's whatever you want to say, I'm cool with. <laughs> ah, I love it. Well, I love Bernardo. I can. Am I saying it right? I think I'm saying yeah, it right. It's saying the same right. in Italian as it is in Spanish, so. <laughs> yes. I have a bonus because I can speak both. That's awesome. Well, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Ivan. I appreciate you inviting me. Uh, I love how you show up in the world and the times we've connected on Facebook. I think you are someone with a lot of light and a lot of energy and powerful teachings to share. So I'm grateful to be here. Oh, what an honor. Thank you so much for that beautiful compliment. That that means a lot. It definitely means a lot coming from you. Well, uh, as I said in, in my intro, and I'm going to say it again to the audience, I think the topic of relationships is 
one of my favorite topics. You know, when I first started coaching, I was like strictly like relationship coaching because I had I was so fascinated by the topic and it's, I've I've read and you know, absorbed so much about it. And I still do that, you know, a little bit, not a little bit, I, I should say a lot of it. My, my little nephew used to say a lot of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do, I do quite a bit of it because it's so integral to who we are and how we show up um, in the rest of our lives is what's going on with our relationships. Do you find that true for the women that you work with? Yes. I think one of the reasons why I decided to step into this relationship coaching area is because i saw that this was one area in human beings' lives, in women's lives and men's lives, where if it's lacking or missing or in, if you're in pain in this area, then every single area of your life gets affected by it. So I think it's true what you're saying. It impacts how you show up, how much excitement you show up with, uh, if you're opening up more or less to the world. Not that you have to have a relationship to open more, but when you do and the conditions are right and it's not a codependent relationship, it's a genuine uh, conscious relationship, lends itself for a lot of spiritual and emotional growth. Oh my God, I love that you just said, just created that distinction. I love it. So not a codependent relationship, but a genuine sort of conscious relationship. And I, I, I almost, okay, I want to put a pin in that because that is like my favorite thing to explore because I, what I don't think many people realize out there is that the old paradigm of relationship is not working. I mean, they might be seeing it because they keep like, you know, I call it recycling the same issues, the same men, the same women, the same topic, but they're not really seeing that that doesn't work. So I want to put a pin in that because we got, we got to get back to that. But initially, you know, my curiosity is how did this begin for you? How did you become, you know, who you are today and how you show up for women in, in relationship coaching? It started way back when, I think, but I think most people who start uh, in terms of sharing something that's from their heart, for me, it started with pain. And it started back when I was 17 years of age. I was very depressed and uh, I didn't know how to change the way I felt. And I tried a few different avenues and none of them were changing. When I finally found something that was powerful for me and I felt a big difference in the way I was showing up in the world and the way I felt, My next big aha moment was how can I share this with people in a way that's meaningful? So my first attempt was going back to sharing this with my closest friends. And when I saw results in them, I said, how can I expand on that? And I just started deepening and deepening that. I went to people who were having friends of my friends that I didn't know who were having really tough challenges. And then um, suicidal people and juvenile delinquents. And just after doing this for, for a long, long time, I understood a couple of things. One, that for me, working with women is far more exciting and challenging than working with men. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you more about that after. <laughs> sure. And also, I felt that at a certain point, I recognized this is a, this is an area that really makes a difference. It's in- incredibly interesting to me from a personal perspective after going through many years of not loving myself and not knowing how to create a relationship to creating one. Uh, and just help and started helping women in this area. And I just saw how exciting it was to see them fall in love with themselves first. Because I think that's the, the key to figure out relationships is figuring out yourself when that is taking place, then relationships take on a different meaning. So uh, it was a journey for me to back and forth in and out of, I guess, my path, share what I knew and witness transformations in people that, again, uh, made me even more excited and alive to deepen into helping people in different ways. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I, I love I love that that's how you came to it. You came to it through your own struggle with self-love. And, and did you find that or do you find that that's the secret sauce, right? Is is like, and it, it almost sounds like it's become cliche in our society. Like, oh, just love yourself, you know? Like, and people are like, well, that sounds great. Well, how the heck do I do that, right? Um, yes. But for you and for so many people that have come out of depression or anxiety or these like deep kind of um, rooted places of like emotional torment and torture, there is that element of bringing the love back in. So Tell us a little bit about how you see that kind of manifest with the, with your clients, the women that you work with in particular, and how it relates to how they show up with relationship. I think there's, because I work mostly with single women, uh, I find that one of the biggest reasons why single women don't find the kind of love that they want, because finding love in some way, even if it's twisted or or a guy that's not good for them is not as challenging as finding true meaningful love. The reason why they're not finding true meaningful love is because they're not feeling their sense of worth as women from their heart. And what I mean by that is they have an intellectual understanding of what they bring to the table. They might be great at what they do at work, but they don't, they, they, they like that. Some people think it's confidence. I think it's beyond confidence. It's a sense of ownership of their amazing, unique flavor in the world that allows them to not have to just be themselves in a way that's expensive and fun and alive, which is part of self-love. It's not all about self-love. I think there's many different aspects of it, but one aspect of them not getting the kind of quality relationship or attracting the kind of quality man they want is they are doubtful as to what they bring to the table when it really comes down to being just a woman. And I don't say just a woman, I said a woman, not Mm -hmm. take away the bells and whistles and how you're showing up with that force of nature that you are and that being enough to, to show up with magic. Beautifully said. One of the, oh, that's so beautiful. One of the biggest like aha moments that I had with regards to relationship was probably after uh, a breakup of a, a really long-term relationship that I had was somebody, I can't remember what teacher it was, I, I don't recall at the moment, but they actually sort of reversed the list, right? The list is the list that like, you know, women make, like, I want him to have this and I want him this and sure. they, you know, they make all that list. And they actually had me reverse the list of what am I actually bringing? Yeah. And I was so stuck. I was like, I couldn't think of one thing. I was like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I think I'm pretty. I, you know, have nice eyes. I was saying all this like superficial <laughs> garbage, like garbage, which when I'm Did 90, <laughs> thank you. But, but it's superficial in the sense that like when, yeah, when you're 90 and you're slapping your gums together, your partner doesn't care if, you know, you know, that's not what they see. And I couldn't, I was so stuck. I could not think of a single thing of what I brought until it started to unravel with me. I kept doing this deeper work and it was like, oh, like who I show up as, as a human being, you know, in my essence, in my femininity, the energy that I bring, like that's like value, not, you know, my butt or my whatever, you know? So I I love that you brought that up because we hear this self-love thing and, oh, you should just love yourself. But it's so difficult for, I think, many people and, you know, especially, you know, because I speak to women, it's so difficult for us to define like, well, what do you mean by that? And it is what you just said. So 
How do you, and and this is going to be a tough question because I know every individual is different, but how do you kind of get women to sort of see what they're bringing is, you know, so much more than what they look like on the outside for one or what their bank account is or all of that? I think if I could dissect it in some way, it's the, and I, it sounds like hocus pocus in some ways, it's, and I don't do it. I'm just trying to define how I do it. It's helping them to raise their vibration to a place where I don't have to tell them and they don't have to take my word for it. They feel it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> because I love then that. That's awesome. Then, it, then there's no need to believe in the stuff that I'm saying. It's a sense of knowing that this ultimately, here's what I, I my truth so far in this lifetime is that there's, there's two, two levels of worth you can play with. There's a level of worth of what I do in my life and the DNA I was born with, and am I special enough to do things? That's one level of worth. And most human beings will be stuck their entire lives trying to break free from that stuff. There's a higher level of worth that has nothing to do with you, that almost like you're this vessel for this bigger light. And if you focus on that, and if you let that hit you hard, then this little, like the little worth has nothing to do with it. Like the big worth takes over. So it's anything that I can bring to the table in terms of experiences, allowing them to get uncomfortable enough to discover their truth, helping them to break free from their sense of this is how far I can go and what I can do to do things that are way more out there in terms of their comfort zone that bring them back into their bodies where they can say, you know what? Okay, this makes sense. I am now feeling the vibration of my truth that allows me to, to just bring, just like almost like expand it and share it with others. Because the, the purpose of anyone's gifts and light is to expand and multiply it by sharing with more people. And I think the more you focus on just like little me and what do I like, once you break free from that and you go from that to how can I serve? And in the specific cases, how can I serve the man that I'm with right now, whether it's a date or my husband, right? To understand that the fundamental thing he's looking for, and I think if women got this, they'd be so much happier. The number one thing he needs and wants is your light. Hmm. And I think women spend so much time figuring out how to get all this other superfluous crap that has nothing to do with their inner light. And once you bring that in, not that's the only thing, but that's the most fundamental energy that he needs from you. And if you step into that place, then he's going to be a happy guy. Oh my gosh, I love it. Like I'm I'm doing like somersaults inside. <laughs> I love this topic. It's, and I, you know, and I, I hear you too, because it's so difficult. And I, I just realized I asked you such a difficult question. It's so difficult to define like what, you know, what's the process? What do you do? Right? Because, you know, everybody wants a how to give me the first, give me, give me the five ways you do it or give me the 10, the list of 10 ways you do it. But it's, <laughs> it is essentially, it sounds, it's so overly simplified, but it is the answer. It's going from you know, your worth with a W, which might include your net worth or the size of your butt or, you know, yes. whether or not you're, you have wrinkles or don't have wrinkles, that little W worth to your big W worth, right? The, the big W yes. worth is the essence of who you are as a like divine being here. And we don't get that. And sometimes it's exercises and challenges and, and, and work. Sometimes it's holding the space where I see someone for the truth of who they are and they can allow themselves after that experience to see themselves the same way. Yes, 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 absolutely. I One of the biggest gifts, again, I had, I'm, I'm going back to my own coaching that I've had for myself, is that, you know, when someone can hold you in the light, right, with a big L, when they hold you in the light of who you are and they see through all your bullshit stories and all the stuff that, you know, you try to say to yourself to convince yourself that you're not 
good enough or you're not this or you're not that. When someone is consistently, like in my case, it was a coach. It sounds exactly what you do with with your clients. When they consistently hold you in that and they see you beyond all of that, eventually you're like, oh, okay. Like you start to believe it for yourself, right? Yes, exactly. There's a moment where the, the old you that was getting your needs met in ways that were being met but unfulfilling, it's a higher level of fulfillment. So you don't have the need to go back to the old ways if the new ways still meet your needs. I think the big problem with people trying to change anything is they just go from here's what I have right now. It's a negative behavior and it's not getting anywhere. But inside, if I'm really honest with myself, it's meeting a lot of my needs. And they go from that to this new thing that doesn't fit their needs. And it's almost like they have this void to feel. But if the new way of doing things is more fulfilling intrinsically than the old ways, then even if it's a challenge, it's like the if you haven't eaten anything and somebody comes up with a fast food hamburger, I mean, you might eat the cardboard that it's on if you haven't eaten anything in two weeks. Mm. But if you go to your favorite restaurant and they bring that same crappy hamburger and they show it to you, then you're going to say, no, thanks, I'm not, I'm satisfied. And that's kind of what this is about, is showing women a way to meet their needs in, in a way that gets them what they want, but it's also more fulfilling long term. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you brought that in. And, and I, I call that and I, I got this term from a book who, you know, whose author I cannot remember right now. So if you're listening and you hear this and it's yours, no, take it. It's fine. Let me know. But write me and tell me that it's your quote. But I loved it. It was called Void Summoning. And void summoning literally means that you're, you end up summoning a partner from your void, from your, your empty spaces. And I love that you yes. just said what you said, because if we learn to, you know, self-love, self-care, whatever you want to call it, but if we learn to fill that emptiness in ourselves or through, you know, our faith or through our, our spiritual practices or through coaching or whatever, but if we learn that, you're right, we don't have to take the first crappy hamburger that we're presented. You know, we can say, actually, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm going to wait for, you know, the steak dinner or if you're vegan, you know, the veggie burger. I love that. I love that you framed it that way. One of the things that you ca- that I caught that you said earlier was that what a man really wants is for you to to be the light of who you are, like to bring your light. And I I absolutely love that you brought that in because I think where a lot of women get stuck, and I'm including myself in this from my my past history. I I always say I have a PhD for knowing how to screw it up, but my <laughs> my past history has been. You know, for whatever reason, I summoned in the past men or relationships where I felt, you know, they never put this criteria on me, but I felt that I had to dim my light or I had to be like, you know, not so loud, not so much myself, not, you know, just t- tone it down a little bit. And I, and I did what a lot of women do. What I see a lot of women do is I start to mold to what I think that they want me to be. And that's like guaranteed, you know, setting yourself self up for failure. So I wonder yes. if you could speak to that a little bit. I think the way you start a relationship is how it's going to continue to sustain. So if you start a relationship with a falsehood, like I am this limited version of myself so that I don't make you uncomfortable in your own lack of masculinity or small fractured ego. So I'm going to be a small version of me. And then one day, as you usually will, you get tired of that and you start showing up with your true self. The guy's going to freak out. He's not going to know where it came from. He's going to think that you're being crazy when in reality you're just being yourself and you've been pretending not to be yourself. So part of the reason why I think 
I, I, the way I look at this, there's two ways to enter a relationship. One is I am full and I want to expand on my fullness. And that's not how most people choose to enter relationships. Most people feel, well, my life is kind of boring. I'm going to bring in this guy who's going to make me a bicycle as a clown and entertain me. <laughs> you know, and guys do the same thing. It's not exclusive to women. I just totally. happen to work with women. So if you go from a place where my life is kind of boring, it's going to go from a five to a 10, 10 through you, then you latch onto that guy as your oxygen. And when he goes away, when he doesn't call you, when he doesn't text, then you feel like you're drowning and then you become super needy with that dude and uh, it doesn't work out. So it's kind of what you're saying right now in the sense that you can, if you show up with some version of you that is just not who you are and all the time you're subduing and pushing down your emotions and not rocking the boat and not speaking your truth, then first you get bored with a guy, but also you're not allowing that man to step up into his greatness because he's not, he's not, you're not giving him a chance to see the real you. Because if he, the real you, he doesn't want the real you, then he, there's no need for him in your life. I, I remind women, there's about three and a half billion men on the planet. And some women get <laughs> so caught up into that. But you don't, I don't understand, Bern. It won't get better than that guy with me. And I say, it will. <laughs> Trust me. But you have to be willing to let go of that thing that you feel is the best and as good as it gets to get what you really want in this lifetime. And I think... I start every conversation with every woman that I ever speak with, with a few things. But one of the things I say is most women, this same thing is true for men, will not find the love they want in this lifetime. And the reason for that is because they'll be unwilling or unable to get uncomfortable enough in the short term to get what they want long term. So being you, expressing your truth is part of that getting uncomfortable at the risk of being rejected for something better. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, so much sense. And I'm like, I, oh, there's this thing and there's that thing. Like you said so much there, like so much juicy stuff. Like the, fir <laughs> the first thing I caught was if starting a relationship, whether you're a man or a woman, if you started off with a lie, right? And, yes. and, and this happens so much. And then you hear, oh, you've changed. Well, I didn't change. I just became who I was. Or now yeah. I'm the resentful version of who I was because I've been pretending so long. You exactly. know, so there was that piece. But then inside of that piece is that I find this for myself in, you know, the clients I work with and even from my own personal experience is who, who are you? Like sometimes women don't even know because they've been playing this people pleasing or let me be what you want game for so long that they don't even know who they are. So the automatic thing is this, you know, inauthentic, let's say, version of themselves. Do you find yeah, that, yeah, I mean, and I think in all fairness and, and just being and taking the like the other side, like like because a compassionate route would be they that's all they've learned to be that way. Yes. Not they didn't sit consciously one day and say, I want to be a less version of myself. It just I think one if you look at the human being as an organism that's designed by nature and through millions of years to survive versus thrive, then you understand that sometimes what we want to do is not geared towards I'm going to have an amazing life. It's just I'm not going to die. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes emotionally you feel when you're doing certain things like not being yourself, you're pre preventing yourself from falling off a cliff instead Absolutely. of saying, well, I might fall off a cliff, but then I'll be fully given before I die. I so love that you brought that in. Absolutely. Because when I, you know, for myself, when I started realizing how I was showing up, my first thing is, is I kind of went into judgment, like, oh, like I'm, you know, I did that again. And like, <laughs> and it's all of that. And, and when I started to understand, like, oh, actually, this is like, you know, a tiny version of myself that's trying to protect myself. 
then you're right. I, I could have more compassion. I could understand like, oh, and you know, one of the things I say constantly all the time with my clients is that I, I believe that one of our, our primary, you know, um, goals or activities or missions as adults is to learn to reparent ourselves because yes. we do have these little girls inside of us that we learn to behave a certain way for survival. Yeah. And I, this brings up something that you were talking about a little earlier, which is this, the concept of self-love. And I think based on this theme that we're talking about right now, which is discomfort for the sake of growth versus comfort for the sake of survival, uh, you have a lot of, I mean, I think the understanding that's most common in self-love is self-care. And I think that's only one fraction of what self-love is. Self-love is saying no to people. Self-love is saying, mm. or fuck no, that's also self-love. Yeah. Self-love is saying, I'm going to do this thing that feels unloving right now because the thing I really want to do is go out with this guy. I'm going to say no to myself as well right now which seems like harsh and not loving for the purpose of my soul expanding or getting something better down the road. I think there's a concept in culture that's been almost like removed from our understanding in our brain, which is called sacrifice. Most human beings want the deepest, most passionate relationship without being willing to put in the work or the sacrifice that that relationship requires. So in my understanding of self-love, there's a lot of sacrifice in self-love, not for the long term, but for the short term to be able to have something more in the future. Yes. I mean, it's that same example that you talked about with the hamburger, right? Like the sacrifice would be like, I'm starving right now and there's this crappy hamburger in front of me, but the sacrifice is I'm going to choose to not eat that <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. and, and wait for like something that's nourishing and healthy. And it does fall in line with that analogy of reparenting ourselves because with children, like you don't just say yes to everything they want, right? You, there are times where you have to say no, and it might seem mean to them or to the outside world, but it's from a loving place. So I love that you brought that in. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's in that self-parenting is understanding, it's following intuition, but I think intuition many times it's confused. It's easy to confuse fear for intuition. Like I'm afraid of doing this thing. Therefore, my intuition's telling me not to do it. Sometimes it's you just feeling afraid and your intuition's telling do it, but be prepared or, or get, do it, do it in some other way. So I guess in this whole self-parenting, there, there's this aspect of learning how to recalibrate your intuition to where you can, sometimes it's a fine line, but know when it's fear versus when it's something you're not meant to be doing or something that you should be doing, but you're just scared of doing. Right. I love that. I, and it's such an important piece, too, because there is um, a lot of growth that comes from the discomfort. Right. And tell me again the line that you said. The Yeah. I mean, I, I when I connect with women, I tell most women, here's two facts that I know right now after doing this for many years. Number one is most women want on this planet, regardless of color, shape, size, age group, want much more than what they have in terms of love and intimacy. So that's one fact of life these days. And the second fact is most of those women will never find what they want and they won't find it because they will not be willing to get uncomfortable enough in the short term to get what they want long term. Yeah, uncomfortable in the short term to get what they want long term. And that brings me back to like some of the like, and I call it little girl behavior, but not from like a pejorative, like, oh, you're bad, but from a <laughs> place of like, this is like our little girl inside. Sure. When I talk about my revelation around like, you know, I used to make the list, right, of like, I want him to have this and to be this <laughs> and to do this. And it was like, like five pages of, of stuff, right? And there's yes. nothing necessarily wrong with getting clear what you desire. But what I was not doing was 
number one, asking myself the question, well, am I willing to show up that way? Like, if I'm expecting this of him, am I willing to also show up this way? Like, the concept of, you know, of feeling some equality, like, am I able to work on these things so that I'm being this? And, and it is this place that we kind of get stuck with, like, I want the outside to be this and fulfill this and give me this without looking at, you know, what am I going to bring? Am I willing to make, like you said, the, the short-term sacrifices, like when it gets sticky in the relationship, that it's not just a lot of finger pointing and it's him, but like what's happening with me and taking that personal responsibility. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think that there's a part inside everyone. You, you call it like you call it the little girl. I, I'd say there's the little boy inside every man as well. Absolutely, you know? but, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I think I mean as it's, to the last part you said that I think it's it's the easiest thing when a relationship gets hard is to say um, let's just we're in this cycle in this culture that recycles relationships. It's like swiping left and right, and you know, so it's it's easy. I guess the easiest thing to do is to just give up or not be willing to go past the threshold of pain. And it's there's also that artistry in discovering is this uh, healthy pain that all relationships go through, or is uh, this a codependent and messed up pain that has nothing to do with the growth of relationships? It's just me falling addicted to um, this intensity that gets generated by the way this guy shows up or the way I show up with this man. So I think there's, um, and I, I think I got caught up with the last part. So maybe you need to refresh my mind on the first part. But I think on the last part that you mentioned right now, I think it's, it's difficult sometimes to stay the course and step into the sacrifice and look at yourself and figure out, okay, if I want a guy who has these qualities, what's the vibrational equivalent? Because it's not, not, some of the qualities are the same. Some of the qualities are reciprocal qualities. You want a guy who's in his masculine, you need to be in your feminine, right? Right. So it's figuring out what do I want? And I think most women's most women have that list. Who must I be? How can I step into it like yesterday? How can I step into it right now? And how can I create fulfillment and light and excitement and joy every part of the process, not fall into the idea that when I get this, life will be magical. It will only be as magical as it is right now. You will only expand on the magic that you have right now. And I think it's a mistake men and women make think that it's going to change. It's like right now it's a great day. And uh, when the the guy comes, it will be sunshines and rainbows. And it's not true. Mm. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's a perfect, perfect answer. You addressed all of that. I like to always say that, you know, the guy, you know, for women and for men, reverse it, right? But the guy is is the icing on the cake. He's not the cake. Exactly. <laughs> like That's you're it. you're the cake. He's the icing on the cake. <laughs> exactly. And I think a lot of women make the mistake of saying, "Well, I'm kind of hungry right now." He's gonna provide with half the meal. And in some ways, I guess you, you can expand in a relationship in ways that you cannot on your own. I totally get that. I think a relationship is a spiritual playground to expand on yourself only when you have something powerful to begin with. Because if you start from lack, then it creates most relationships, I'd say, this, these days are based on that full premise that you complete me, crap. Mm. And it's not true. <laughs> yeah, the biggest, the biggest lie of uh, cinematic history uh, is that... Yes, you, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's a cool me. movie, but it's such a bad line. And I think people buy into that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is a perfect segue for what we kind of pinned right at the beginning because we got we got juicy right away. Um, is this this like old paradigm of relationship, which I would call like the codependent relationship to this newer paradigm, 
or new paradigm relationship, which has a quality of interdependentness, but not the same codependentness. So can you speak to that a little bit about a conscious yeah. relationship? I think right now, th- this is the first time in human history for women where you can really have it all. You know, if you really think about it, I think about I think about my mom and I think about her mom and I think about her mom and I, I go through my entire lineage. And for most women on this earth, they can do the same thing. And this is the first time where you can have a relationship where you don't need the guy to buy stuff for you. You don't need him to socially prove yourself in terms of like, I made it in this world. Not that it doesn't help, or, but you, you're not an outcast if you're not married these days. And before that was the case. And uh, for example, I take, uh, I'll be just graphic in my description just for the sake of like showing a, a real metaphor. My grandma's job, her job description was taking it in the ass, basically. That's her job description, wow. unfortunately. You know, she had to do what the grandpa wanted. She had to take care of the children. She had to maintain a healthy household. She had no choice. That's That was her thing. Okay. And I my, just want to pause for a second because that sounds like an intense kind of thing to say, like you prefaced it, but... That's what it kind of can feel like, right? It's like taking it up the ass kind of thing. It's just like you're a slave, you're a servant, like whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think women have gone from that position not too long ago to now I can now I can have more of what I want. And in this new paradigm of like I have everything I want, I don't need the guy, you know, like I don't need him for anything. So it's how do you reconcile that aspect of I don't need the guy to complete me with there's parts of me that can and be significantly enhanced if I open my heart to him and if he shows up in a way where it's also responsible and expanding and, and powerful. And that's because there's there's not that many examples of those type of relationships right now. Women, our men are struggling. Mm. So it's how to, it's right now I think the challenge is how to create a relationship where you're not entering a relationship out of that codependence of I need you, but I want to be with you. And one plus one equals 25 versus, you know, like 0.5 plus 0.5 equals one. Yeah, I absolutely love that because, you know, and you you spoke about it from, you know, let's say as far back as your grandmother with in, in that <laughs> feeling like the woman is basically there just to serve the man yeah. from, but like from a, not a, like a, yes, sometimes genuine in-service way, but almost like the way we look at it, looking back, it's like. There's nothing here. wrong with being in service of your, of your counterpart so long as it's a choice that you're making. Yes, absolutely. That's what I was getting at. So like when we look at there and you go, as, you know, for you as far back as your grandmother, like I look at just even the relationship that my parents had and, and my mother, God bless her, like. You know, we grew up Italian and um, and my mother was taught like to be in service to the husband and the family, which, again, there is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But the what she was taught, like in her lineage, um, was to be in service to your family and to the man in lieu of yourself. Right. So instead of yourself. So you basically come last. Yes. And then we like you said, we've shifted to this other place where we can totally come first and we can take care of all these things. And we don't necessarily, like, I don't need a man for that. And Mm. I remember speaking to someone um, not too long ago, actually, and she was having this revelation of like, wow, like I'm, I'm doing well financially, you know, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. And I'm, I'm, I have like, I don't really need a man. And, and I remember she stopped and said, well, oh, well, this is interesting, like, but I still want to be in a relationship. And it was like this mental kind of like, she couldn't, like exactly what you said, she couldn't, 
like figure out in her own mind, but wait, I don't need, but I still would like or desire. And she didn't know what the middle was because we've almost been taught that you just, you're in relationship because of need, right? Uh, Yeah, she couldn't get it. Like what? (laughs) It's like beautiful, I guess, problem that humanity is faced with this, especially for women right now is how can you be that CEO and also open your heart in a vulnerable way that's not taking charge basically in the bedroom. Because most women, if they really are honest with themselves, they prefer to not have to take charge all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and sometimes it's that thought of, oh, well, if I do this, then that mean, what does that mean? Am I subservient to you? Like it's all these thoughts and all, it's just a new paradigm that women are stepping into and navigating that process where you can have both. You can have the cash that you want and your Ferrari, if that's what you choose to buy for yourself. But at the same time, opening your heart and not having to lead every aspect of the relationship. I think that there's a lot of power in that new way of doing things. Absolutely. I love this. So this is kind of getting us into the the topic of polarity, right? And the masculine and feminine energy. And and for those of you listening, you know, this is this has nothing to do with sexual orientation or gender. It's an energy, like a feminine energy versus a masculine energy. It's like the yin and yang that you see in Chinese medicine. Um, and that, that question of polarity, and you're right, like women have been gifted the ability to now do whatever they want and, and handle it all and be the leader and be in leadership positions. And there's also a part of us that like deeply craves not having to do it all. <laughs> like, I mean, it's yeah. exhausting uh, for the feminine energy to constantly be in the masculine do, go, ambition you know, get, achieve, like it's, and so when I first read the work of David Data, um, who, for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar, Google him, he's amazing. And that question of polarity, and it was such a revelation for me to know that, oh, it's, it's actually okay. I can give myself permission as a woman who's achieving things in the world to actually like want to be taken care of somehow. Like at first that was like a dirty word. Like I'm a feminist. So that's like a dirty word. Like don't say that. (laughs) You know, can you speak to that a little bit and how you see that play out? I think, I mean, I think there's so much beyond David. There's so much talk about feminine and masculine. And and sometimes there's almost to the point of like discussing it too much. I think at the most basic level, every human being has that in innate core essence that they are born with and uh and for women most women it's a feminine essence now due to the need to survive to the need to protect themselves from men many times on a world that was created by men for men women have grown over exercise their muscles basically in terms of masculine energy which is not bad i think people get men have feminine energy and masculine energy, women have feminine and masculine energy. The problem becomes within a relationship where that polarity, where the masculine and the fem- feminine coexist, right? When, if you're mostly in your masculine, you're going to attract a man who is mostly his feminine. And for most women, that is not a fun proposition. It feels kind of fun the first couple of weeks, but then that's a guy that they feel no respect over and they constantly have to mother. And, uh, and it's just, there's not much attraction after a while or sometimes women are not in their masculine they're just more neutral in their energy they have learned that if they express themselves in open expansive ways they're either less valuable or if it's sexually speaking that we're talking about they're a force that's what they've learned culturally speaking you know and so it's getting to a place 
where you can embrace the truth of who you are. You were saying it's kind of okay to be to need someone. It's not just okay. It's it's real. It's the truth. If you if most women ask themselves, do I prefer right now in this moment, in the middle of something, to hold someone or have someone hold me and create space for me? I mean, the nurturing part of them wants to hold someone. The the feminine side of them wants to be held. Yeah, absolutely. And it's allowing yourself the space to know that you are stronger, not weaker, if you recognize that in yourself, because that means that you don't have to prove to the world that you're so strong all the time. You can let go and still be strong. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, that again, like I made a joke about like my feminist self was like, oh, I can't believe I'm admitting that I <laughs> yeah. want that. But I mean, and, and to speak to feminism, I mean, it, it brought us to amazing heights and places as yeah. women. And I think there was a detrimental side where we went way off the scales to the other side. It's just that it's incomplete. There's something yes. missing from that. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And and I also love too that you brought in that, you know, the masculine is not bad. Like, I mean, for I have a lot of women that I work with where they're like, you know, when they're first learning these concepts and they're kind yeah. of just learning to exercise these muscles, they're like, oh my God, like I was like two in my masculine. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with, yeah, nothing wrong. <laughs> it's just, it's it's the yin and the yang. Like it is that, it is that like, like swimming or dancing between the two. And and if your feminine essence is, is or if your essence rather is mainly feminine or more comfortable there as a woman, then you will get exhausted being too much in the opposite. And uh, this attraction in relationships and what you will attract is another huge thing that when I, you know, go into that with women, they're like, what? And I remember for me, when I realized that I was attracting a lot of men who were mainly in their feminine energy and you know I used to describe them as emotionally unavailable or like they were they weren't grown up men kind sure. of thing but it, they needed your reinforcement to act like own it right they needed yeah, your push absolutely yeah. and but again going back to that little girl I realized when when I did this I stopped I realized that oh that was that little part of me that actually was scared of the masculine like because I saw maybe you know a not healthy example of masculine energy that I was afraid of it so then you know yeah. my way of taking my power was to reverse that and and when I started to bring in men that were in their like healthy masculine I was just like whoa like wow like the, the man was like I just I was like wow that's a grown-up you know like it was such a revelation so yeah if you could speak to the healthy versus unhealthy aspects of both that would I think would be really I helpful. think you make a great point I think there's there, there is that masculine just pure masculine macho alpha that most women at some point would think well I want that and, and that's not necessarily what they want because if there's no feminine inside of them there's no empathy there's no quality of recognizing and and opening their hearts in a way that ha contains feeling because mm. the masculine in its truest essence would be absence of feeling and just pure consciousness, right? If you don't have someone who is open to having that empathy and that kindness and that compassion, which are very feminine qualities, then it's a, it's a painful relationship because you don't feel truly seen or heard. Yes. So the healthy masculine would be the ability to stand in his truth and follow his purpose I know what he wants and say no to you when he needs to and listen to you when he needs to, but still have that sense of feeling running through his veins where it's not just his way or the highway in a Neanderthal way. Cause the other, that would be like the masculine of the, you know, of the past, which is not what women wanted. Women were not fulfilled in that specific uh, part because they felt not heard, not seen. So it's that. And in terms of feminine, like there's the feminine that can 
feel and be flowing and full of ecstasy and, and joy in life without some of the masculine, it's like, what's the point? Like you get nowhere. You don't get anything accomplished. You don't have, um, it's like, if you want to start a business, you can't do it because everything's 200 ideas and none of them is, uh, is an idea that really resonates. All of them are the same thing. So it's, it's being for the feminine, I guess would be the healthy would be where you're able to stand in your truth and open more and more at the same time, recognize when you need to use not just the feeling world and the expansion of being, but just thinking and taking action and putting some discipline in, in, in what you're doing. If you combine both, then I think it's powerful. If you just stay in one of them, it becomes unsustainable. Absolutely. That was a perfect way of describing that because I, I think that you know, we hear these concepts and, and, you know, we say, well, like, what do you mean? Like, what does that look like? I think that was perfect the way you laid it out. Like, you don't want that, like, um, and women, we do, we crave like that, that masculine kind of powerful thing. But the, let's say the unhealthy, or uh, let's call it maybe the un unbalanced um, part of that is that like macho, you know, man who's, you know, not sensitive or not like, I mean, he can't hold you and he's not vulnerable with himself or you. And, and we don't, we've seen so many examples of that. Again, we go to the far side of that where maybe the man is too in his feminine. And I love the way you described it because it gives us a real example of like, oh, okay, this is kind of what to look for. I think for me, you know, when I brought up the work of David Data before, I think that's what it did for me is it helped me. It kind of like, without going into the, the depths of it, it just gave me a like a roadmap of like, oh, this is what to look for for women i think Giovanna, one easier way to identify it is you connect it to a guy who's in his masculine is he in his masculine for his own self-interests or is he in there to serve others including you oh say more about that yeah i think you'll find guys who own their shit and they know what they want and they're but they're just look they're very greedy in that they want something in for themselves first and foremost and there's going to be men who do all that stuff. Yes, they get to enjoy it, but mostly step on it from a place of service. It's what can I bring into this world? What's my legacy? What's my gift to you? A man ultimately who's in his masculine will feel far happier to serve you than to be served. It makes him feel more congruent, makes him feel more like a man. There's years and years of DNA of protecting and serving that help him to feel this is the right thing to do. So, uh, when you connect to a guy, as you evaluate who he's showing up as, it's how, how generous is he? Is he coming from a true place of service? I think men will feel more pleasure from you experiencing pleasure than them experiencing pleasure. Oh, that's so good. And, you know, what immediately popped into my head is this um, this new uh, masculine pseudo-spiritual man. <laughs> That's what came into my head is that, yeah. you know, that, you know, and they're trying like no, you know, no offense to them. They're trying, but they're like still in that self-serving and they and they look good. Like the this is what would happen to me is like, wow, like, you know, the packaging looks really good on the outside. Like he's in his masculine and he's spiritual. So he has that sensitive side. And and, you know, that that's, you know, seems like great. And then I would get into the relationship and these qualities, these narcissistic qualities of like, you know, me, me, me. And it's about me. And and yeah. and, and but the packaging looked great. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what you just reminded me of when you when you use that example. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the more you shine up as the light, the more he feels that fuel where it's 
more effortless for him to show up and be of service to you. Mm-hmm. So that's the counterbalance. Sometimes women think, well, but he paid for my dinner. Now I have to. No, that's that was that's what he did. He show up and be happy. And that's it's equally or even more what you're doing right now, even though it's not cash based, even though it's not you measured in, in different ways than just the practical aspect of doing things that come back coming back to you being the light him showing up and serving that light he gets a lot of it it's not just selfless he it's selfish as well he feels amazing to be able to serve as that he feels fuel for his life from that as well that's a beautiful example and, and another thing i hear a lot from women is that like the tit for tat like you said you know not necessarily doesn't have to be an exact exchange right like oh he paid for yeah. dinner i have to pay for dinner or like he has this much in his bank account i have to have this much or he's can you talk a little bit to that, like what you see with women in terms of like how they measure, you know, what the, let's say, give back is? I think what I just saw recently saw the last Amy Schumer uh, Netflix special. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. The last part, she's much more, I don't know, direct and specific. She directs it to sex, basically. Uh, but she, she almost like creates this extreme example where women are basically looking at their underarms and figuring, like, and the guy just wants to fuck basically, you know, yeah. in that, that, so that's an extreme example, but <laughs> like women judge themselves in so many hard ways. The guy wants to connect with you. He wants to connect with you. It doesn't matter. Those five extra pounds don't matter. Not that you don't want to, doesn't matter. The, the career promotion hasn't arrived. He doesn't give a crap about that. He wants to feel more alive. That's all he really wants at his core. So it's important for you to work on your things so much as you don't lose track of what's really meaningful in a relationship. I think women are way harder on themselves that, than men are on themselves for sure. You'll see, because if you've ever been online dating, you'll recognize a guy that you think, oh my God, how do you have the cojones to reach out to me <laughs> the way you do, right? And they are unfazed. They think they have a chance. That is such a good point. I love that. I love that. So I think that. women are more, more that way where they are just like, they don't care so much about like what's going on in terms of, I, I don't have it. They, they focus on their strengths and they, they go on those strengths. Then they can get far more progress in a relationship, connect with guys who are higher quality. Sometimes women don't open up because they say, well, they almost like look up to certain guys and there's... There's nothing that you have to fear. There's the force of creation inside yourself is more powerful than anything he could ever create in his lifetime. If you focus your, if you focus on that, then then you're you're done. I mean, you're, you're you're safe. You know, there was one thing you said in there. Thank you for sharing that. Your the passion in you. I mean, I can hear it this whole conversation, but especially the passion came out when you said, you know, men want to feel alive. Yes. And how is our being in the relationship going to contribute or take away from men feeling alive? I think if you show up in a relationship where you are focusing on how you can grow your life, what are the things that make you excited? What are the things that make you feel beautiful? What are the things that make you feel joy and gratitude? And that's the core of your life. And then you just show up and share some of that. That's what it takes to for the guy to feel the light. You're not having to work hard at it. It's not like you have to turn on a switch when you're with him. It's an extension of who you are. So when you show up that way in a relationship, that's being the light, then he gets a chance to feel things that he cannot feel on his own. I love that. So, I mean, ladies that are listening, um, I mean, I'm getting so much for myself, even from this, like it really is about finding your light, find, like you you called it, you know, raising your vibra- vibration. And yeah. that's my terminology too. And really finding your light and and feeling like comfortable and strong and powerful and juicy in that 
And that's the truth of who you are, whether you're in relationship or out of relationship. And I, and I love your last example. It's just like, again, it goes back to like, you're the cake, right? Like you, yeah. you create that yourself and you bring that in without compromising, without diminishing yourself, without thinking, oh, I have to, you know, play smaller. Because, you know, my experience has been that when I've done that, with relationship, when I've diminished or molded or tried to be what they wanted or, you know, dimmed my light, you know, two things. One, the relationship never lasts. I mean, because eventually either he gets fed up with that or you get resentful of it and it blows up anyway. And two, you end up, you know, attracting uh, a man who, you know, there is a lot of that self-serving, but, you know, it's like that whole, that old saying, like, you know, you teach people how to treat you. So I love how all this, you know, beautiful conversation goes back to the light of who you are. It's like your, you know, your, your divine inheritance here on earth is that light. Um, Yeah, I'm jumping up and down. This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. So lastly, you know, as we're, we're starting to wrap up, we still have more time, but is there any, you know, and, and this is, I, it's tough. I hesitate to even ask the question because I know that this is an experiential movement thing, but are there any, you know, practical tips or resources or reference that you can share with the audience that will help them start to see their light or m- make these small changes? Yeah, I'd say two things. The first thing would be be honest with yourself in terms of exactly where you are. I think one of the challenges I've seen in terms of women not getting this type of relationship or this type of support or this type of change is they make whatever they are, wherever they are in their lives better than it really is. And when you do that, there is no hunger to change it. Why would you get really uncomfortable to change something that's already kind of cool right now? So be can, honest can with you yourself. Can you give an example of that? Can, of yeah, I mean, sometimes that? I ask women, how happy are you with your life right now? So I'm pretty happy. And then I say, well, rate it. Zero, you want to die in 10, you're, <laughs> there's light coming out of your eyes. Uh, five. Well, that's not happy to me, right? Mm. But they don't, they don't see it that way. They, they don't get to the truth of the honesty of even ranking it to the point where they say, you know what? Yeah, I'm bullshitting myself. I say I'm happy when I'm not that happy. And why so do you think you, we do that? Like, why, why, does, why do well, you think that we do that? It's not just women. I just happen to work with them. Men do this as well. Why? Because it's comfortable. Your nervous system will take you to comfort, not to thriving. And that's what feels comfortable. Because mm. to re- recognize that you're not happy means that you have to do something about it. So as long as you don't recognize it, you don't have to change. You can stay in your miserable pain a yes. little longer. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, the first one will be that. The second one will be find a way to increase your life by doing anything that you feel true excitement doing, uh, singing, dancing, anything that you feel my heart sings, not literally singing, but sings of joy whenever I practice this or whenever I step into it, do more of that. I think sometimes people go, I don't know, a year, two years without giving themselves 10 minutes of pure joy. So do more of the things that bring your life. The third thing I'll say, and this is not in any way a sales thing, is like get support. Like I, I connect with women sometimes who've been do, doing at this and the yoga class and the book and the video and all that stuff for years until I finally said, you know what? There might be a better way. There is nothing I can share with anyone right here that will be substitute for a centered human being who's honest and holds space for someone to create change. Mentorship is the highest and quickest form of change I know. So whoever that person might be for whatever area you want to change your life, whether it's love or anything else, find someone who's done, walked the path and helped others change there. 
to not have to start from scratch rediscovering fire because it's like the only thing the only the main drawback is time it could take you one year or 10 years i mean why take the 10 year route absolutely i i concur with all of that um you know the the number one thing that we i love that point you said about happiness and how we kind of delude ourselves because you're right like if i actually acknowledge like oh i you know I'm not happy, you know, at home every day, you know, watching the paint dry. Like, I, this or, is or not my happy. relationship sucks. That's another, or, like, yeah. my relationship is kind of okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It's horrible. That's right. If it's a five out of 10, it it's sucks. Yeah. And, and it's that, yeah, it's that realization and that, like, admission of, oh, like, yeah, this could be better. And it might get uncomfortable. And I'm going to be okay with doing that. So I love that. And then that piece around desire and pleasure. I mean, I think you said, right, like men do this, women do this, like we get stuck in, in this like rat race, you know, Lily Tomlin uh, had the phrase, like the trouble with the rat race is that, you know, uh, no matter how well you're doing, you're still a rat, you know, (laughs) so, you know, we have this thing where we're like that, that seems superfluous, like, oh, no, I'll, you know, I, I don't have time for that. But actually bringing that joy back, like, you know, for for me, I had to sit down with myself and take that same honest assessment, like, you know, how happy am I right now? Like, I've been caught up with work and caught up with this. And, oh, like, no, there's things that I used to do that brought me joy. So it's like, bam, back at the salsa lessons, you know, like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, that, raises your vibration and puts you especially as a woman you know with dancing or any kind of movement stuff like it brings you back into sort of your your juiciness as a woman and yeah super important and that third point that you said that I had it just slipped my mind oh my god it just went out the window I had another piece there what was your third point again about the yeah, get help I mean get mentorship yes, find someone you. who's guided yeah. people to do this I mean and here's my truth is I do this for myself I mean last year I think I invested like $60,000 on myself. This year I'm doing about the same. Why? Because it works. I mean, yes. I'm not, you know, like, so I think that sometimes some people ask you, well, what do you recommend? I recommend getting help. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Help. And that's, and thank you for reminding me because I had such a point about that was like my entire life. I mean, I started having, you know, spiritual mentors or relationship mentors or mentors of all kinds from when I was 19, you know, I've started very young like you, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, And it's such an important piece because when you hit the roadblock or when you hit the the question mark or when you hit the difficult piece, right, that uncomfortable piece that we want to run away from, your mentor, your coach, your guide, whoever, you know, whatever you want to call it is going to be there, you know, not some, sometimes to hold your hand through it, but sometimes to like, you know, kick your butt through it too. Kick your ass, yeah. Yeah, because sure. we need to kick it's your ass. It's like you're saying, going to the gym and saying, I, I think I want my ass to be super strong. I'm going to do a couple of squats. And then you have a coach who says, you know what, you're going to do 150 squats plus these are things you cannot eat. And these are other things you can do lunges as well. So you, you sometimes do things that you would have never done and get pushed in ways that you would have been much kinder with yourself but then when you do basically wear those jeans and you have the ass of steel then it's worth it (laughs) yeah absolutely and you know i love that you brought in you know how much you invested in your in yourself and i'm going to say you know without knowing the details also invested in your relationship last year because there's no arrival point like for people that are, are like you know listening and thinking like okay i'm i'm gonna you know arrive at this place and everything is gonna be great and it's done I, I you know i don't have to work on my marriage anymore or i don't have to work on myself anymore like it doesn't work that way you know like it's true. yeah i mean I, i've been married for almost 18 years and uh and i can tell you that it's there's so many ups and downs in this process 
And, and you just have to, every, it's, a, it's a daily decision to commit. It's a daily decision to work on things. It's a decision to come up with fresh new ways of being and experiencing and having fun and being playful and sacrificing and saying no to things that you may want to say yes to. But ultimately, you come to a place where you say it's worth it, you know, and I think each person needs to evaluate in their own life if what they're doing and how they're going about the relationship is fulfilling at the deepest level. If like, I guess like the sacrifice is worth it or, or not. And if it's not, then it's time to change it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh. I, I love this conversation. I could literally talk to you for another like three hours. Oh, um, same here, Jelena. <laughs> this is so great. You know, it is, you guys, I said it at the beginning, but I'm going to say it again. It's my favorite topic to, to speak about because I think essentially as human beings here, our relationship to everything, our relationship to ourselves, our relationships to, to spirit or God, our relationships with other people, like this is, this is it. This is like our, like our, our, our holy playing field. You know, this is our classroom. And that's why I love this topic. The way so you much. touch people is the only thing you take with you. Yes. Oh, I love that. The way you touch people is the only thing you take with you. I love that. What a perfect way to end this. I love it. <laughs> Bernardo, I'm going to call you Bernardo because I, 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 I like saying it. Um, but burn to your, to your friends and other people. Thank you so much for being on this show. I absolutely loved, loved having you and hearing everything that you had to say. Thank you so much, Joanna, for your amazing questions and for this conversation. So much fun connecting with you. I really appreciate uh, how you showed up here as well. Oh, ditto, ditto. I love it. I love it. Thanks for being on the show. And thank you for everyone that has listened today. And don't forget, you can leave any comments or questions in the uh, comments that will be on the show notes on SheRisesPodcast.com. You can go there to find um, anything we've mentioned on the show today, as well as uh, Bernardo's website, YourGreatLifeTV.com, and a little bit more about him. I loved, loved having you here. Come back next week where we're going to have another amazing guest on the show to help you rise in your life. Thanks, everyone. God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode make sure you head over to SheRisesPodcast.com, and i'll see you there if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure you tune back in next week when i dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be and hey if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it head on over to itunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show 